Yeah. Good evening. My name is Clarissa Pickens and I will be your moderator for this evening's class. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denomination, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis, and the President, Dr. Edward Yule. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any letters or characters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of the heavenly father and his son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud.
in like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, nor the man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by a divine pattern of the universe. It is called a divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The constitutional objectives and or aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without the distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensation and through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, save the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now 
in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. And at this time, we'll have a prayer by Dr. Clifford Cardoza. Our scripture lesson this evening will be Genesis, the 39th chapter, and that will be read by Dr. Brandon Craig. Can you hear me? Now we can, yes. Thank you. Good evening, class. Let's all bow our hearts and minds for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father Yahweh, we are thankful for another day that you have ordained, that you have permitted for us to gather together we are grateful, we're thankful. We thank you for this speakers that are coming forth. We pray and ask you to speak through these vessels that your name may be glorified, that we have some wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We thank you for your mighty hand upon each one of our lives. And we praise you and give you all the glory that you deserve. We thank you, Heavenly Father Yahweh, in the mighty and matchless name of Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening, class. I'll be reading Genesis, the 39th chapter, and I'll be reading that from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments and critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by the late A.B. Trainer. That's Genesis, the 39th chapter. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, chief of the executioners, an Egyptian bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And Yahweh was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that Yahweh was with him, and that Yahweh made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that Yahweh blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of Yahweh was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was handsome in form and handsome in appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. And he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, 
My master knoweth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against Elohim? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her, to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought me an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she came, pardon, and she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But Yahweh was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the director of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because Yahweh was with him, and that which he did, Yahweh made it to prosper. That was Genesis, the 39th chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'd like to say good evening to the class once again. And today our scripture, or this evening, our scripture readers will be Dr. Brandon Craig and Dr. Lauren Lewis. And for our first speaker, I'm happy to call on Dr. Dorian Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Clarissa, I'm going to send you the next speaker. Okay. Oh, he's coming back in. If you can call him again. Oh, there I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry, my iPad froze. Uh, I'm glad to be here, and I'm thankful Yashua has given us another opportunity that we might uh, learn of his great purpose, pattern, and plan. If we could uh, go to the elementary chart. Okay. 
And this chart is titled the uh, chart on the pattern or plan of salvation. What Dr. Kinley shown is showing through this chart. I don't think there's any new people on here. So we know, we, uh, so uh, most of us are um, familiar with this and we've heard it many times before. But Yahweh, Dr. Kinley is showing how Yahweh's purpose and pattern operates unerringly and without hindrance throughout these biblical stories. And obviously this isn't the every biblical event on this chart, but there's enough, as Dr. Kinley said often, that you might be able to see the way it works. You may not see it in transgression play, maybe you'll see it in Noah preparing to enter the ark. The point of this, and this is what Yahweh has been making me understand more and more, because I used to have a question for years. I, I always loved hearing people go through blood, water, spirit, but I did not understand what it was really for. What am I learning? What does this mean? What, what does it do for me to know this? But by and by, through Yahweh giving me revelations, he, and, and it happened through personal experiences and talking with Yahweh and listening for his voice in my life that he showed me that this is so that we might establish some faith, that we might believe that Yahweh is real. Yahweh is not a far off God. He is not above the sun, moon, and stars. He is not there to help you when you get in a bind and that's it. You understand? He is, our lives are directly wrapped up. If, I, if that, That's not the best way to say it, but it's wrapped up in Yahweh. You never escape Yahweh. You are never outside of Yahweh. And we are never uh, operating, operating outside of the auspices of his pattern and his purpose. You understand? So these things that he put on this chart to show us some of the simple things that in the way that his pattern works, the way that um, how you can put the Bible to, together and see the common thread that goes throughout it. And no matter what translation you use, no matter what the translators messed up and mistranslated, as Dr. King called them, whatever they inserted, those spurious statements, you understand, interpolations, no matter what they do to it, they can't touch that pattern because they don't even know it's there, number one, but it's Yahweh's purpose, pattern, and plan, and it's going to operate regardless. And all of it is talking about Yahshua Messiah. So I know for me, uh, hearing this stuff growing up in this class, Yahshua, you know, that's a long time ago. Did I really think that there was a man that walked around, you know, named, I don't know, it just wasn't real to me, you understand? And that's what Yahweh's showing me. These things that we learn in this class have to become real to us. They have to be a part of who we are, you understand? And so that's why he put this stuff to show us the pattern so we can see that it's really operating in your everyday life, everyday life, you understand? And they all testify to Yahshua. You see, we've seen the transgression plate. Adam and Eve. Paul called Adam, called Yahshua the second Adam. Why is he saying that? You understand? These aren't just analogies. They're kind of cool analogies. These are, Yahshua's fulfilling what was written of him in the scripture. You understand? So Adam willingly dies for his bride. You understand? She is deceived. Adam wasn't. Through his vision, Dr. Kimley painted this chart the way it is. You see in that top plate, in the most holy place, on the transgression plate, Adam is sitting 
watching what's happening between Eve and that satanic angel. He sees what's happening. You understand? She is being, so she was deceived, not him. And so once she ate of the fruit, she brought it to Adam and he willingly took it knowing the consequences because he was going to willingly die for his bride. That's telling us something about what Yahshua was doing. We just talked about it in the last class, how Yahshua is the, uh, I'm sorry, the assembly or the church is Yahshua's bride, you see. And he died for the whole world. He didn't just die for people in this class, whatever we call ourselves now. <laughs> he didn't just die for people who, uh, in, in this church, that church, some race, some, you know, some, some particular group of people. His death covered the whole world, those who would believe. You understand? Now, he knew everyone won't believe. But if you believe, it don't matter where you come from, what your status is, what your religion, your sex, your, none of it. If you learn the Yahshua and believe that he is the Savior, that covers you. You see? So he died willingly for his bride. Adam did. And that's the same as Yahshua did. You understand? So now, I don't even know where I'm going. I'm just, I really, um, you see Noah preparing to enter the ark, you see, and yeah, and uh, this ark had three, um, three levels to it, three sections to it, you understand, and had an upper deck, middle deck, and a lower deck, representing the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. It had one window. You read the entire Bible. I know we've all seen these artist renditions, all of this. It's this huge, and it was big, but it's got all these windows and blah, blah, blah. How could they get these animals in here with one door? But you don't read about more than one door in the Bible. You don't read about more, more than one window in the Bible. So it had one door and one window. And the window's purpose is to let in light. The door's purpose is the entryway, right? And Yahshua says, I am the light of the world. You understand? That window's representing Yahshua. And he says, I am the door. If any man enter in through me, you understand? That's what Yahshua said. He's fulfilling these things. He is the ark of safety. You understand? And the only people who survived that flood were the people that were in, in that ark. So then Yahshua comes in. And somebody get out. I think it's like the 17th. It's, he says in the multiple places, 17th chapter, 15th chapter of John. It's like the 15th, 16th, 17th chapter. He says in all those places where he talks about uh, I in, uh, when he's praying to the Father. I'm trying to find it now. If anybody knows where it's at, just call it out. And he says, uh, Father, make them one as you, are, you and I are one. I think that's it. I think he says it multiple times. Anybody know where it's at? Can you guys hear me? Yes, Dr. Lewis. I'm looking, yeah. Oh, sorry. I wasn't trying to reverse. Make sure this thing uh, Try John 17. Try John 17 and 21, Brandon. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, he might be having some technical difficulties. I'll read it. Uh, oh, seven. no. There he is. Oh, okay. Here we go. I'm sorry. Uh, John 17 and 21. Okay. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me. 
Now, of course, this is the school. We don't have time to read it all. Read this for yourself. This is Yahshua praying. He's talking about his disciples. He's talking to the Father. Go ahead and start it over, uh, Brandon, please. 21, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and right. I in thee. Right. That they also may be one in us. Uh-huh. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Right. So he's talking about his disciples, that they may be in him, in the Father. So just as those of Noah and his family had to be in that ark. You understand? Mm -hmm. This is not a... Yahweh's making me understand one more. These aren't just analogies. These aren't just nice stories, you know, nice philosophical tales. And, oh, I can see that. You understand? We must be in Yahshua. Just as Adam with his bride, just as any marriage, the point is that the two become one. The point is that just as we are the bride, we're the assembly of the church is the bride of Yahshua. And a bride typically just takes on her husband's name. That's a type or that's showing that she takes on his identity. And that's what we must do with Yahshua. We take on his identity who we thought we were as people in this world trying to live our lives. It's being changed to where your thoughts, and that's what Paul talked about, let this mind be in you that was in Messiah. We have his mind. We think the way he thinks. You see, so many times we, we feel like, well, why would Yahweh do this? Why? Because we don't understand the way he's working. So that's why we have to learn how he works, what he thinks, what he says is right. We got our ideas, the whole world's got their ideas. And, it's, and, it, and they're failing miserably. So anyway, it's just this stuff is important. Yahweh's telling us what he's gonna do for us and to us and has done if we believe him. So we had to be in Yahshua just as they had to be in that ark. And those that were in the ark were saved. You understand? And those souls, eight souls that were in that ark. You understand? And there's another point with Noah and the ark. Noah, Noah toiled for 120 years preaching, building that ark. And people wasn't just, uh, yeah, Noah, what's up, man? I mean, they wasn't following him like that. They just dropped off over 120 years. You understand? People just dropped off. Noah's crazy until that rain comes. That's what Paul said. And they, they, they just dismissed it until the flood came and took them all away. And so, we get discouraged at times in this gospel and we don't understand things ain't going. When you become discouraged and not understanding what Yahweh is doing, that's the time to start learning about these things that Yahweh has done because he's working by the same pattern. He said, I'm Yahweh, I change not. So if he did it back then, he's still doing it now. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. Maybe that's because I haven't been diligently seeking Yahweh. You understand? So Noah toiled, none, nobody believed them. Nobody was patting them on the back. So don't think you're going to be out here and everybody. I used to think that, you know, uh, try to win arguments with people. Like if people could just see it, they wouldn't be able to deny. They would understand. No, they won't. <laughs> it's not the goal. It's not our job to go out and convince people. It's our job to go out and witness. Because Yahweh going to choose who, who he will. There's been many times I've seen visitors come to class and I thought they was getting something out of it. You never saw them again. And then other times, visitors come to class, and I'm like, they probably ain't getting nothing out of this. 
why they call on that person? He ain't going into nothing. And that person has been in class for years. You understand? She always determines that. You see, our job is to witness. So anyway, I'm sorry for going off track. You go to Abraham and King Melchizedek. You understand? King Melchizedek, we know, represents Yahshua, the everlasting king. You understand that? You see, with no beginning and no ending. Melchizedek had no recorded beginning and they didn't record his lineage like that like they did the rest of them when you go through the uh what do they call it the um you know where they talk about who was born after who and all that kind of stuff the word escapes my mind but that represents yashua you understand and so abraham the father you understand yahweh tells him to sacrifice his son isaac you understand is is uh representing Yahshua, Abraham representing Yahweh, sacrificing his own son. I was just listening to eh, tape 20 today. I don't know. It was one of them. And Dr. Kelly said, people say, well, Abraham was going to sacrifice his son. He said, it wasn't no going about it. He did. Oh, no, he was going to offer up. That's what he said. Abraham was going to offer up his son. He said, it wasn't no going about it. He did offer him up. <laughs> you understand? He did offer him up. He offered him up to Yahweh, but the angel of Yahweh was just showing him that Isaac wasn't the worthy blood either. You understand? But anyway, Isaac represents Yahshua. Abraham represents Yahweh, willing to sacrifice his son. You understand? And Isaac, obedient unto his father unto death. Isaac wasn't a little boy. He was 25 years old. You understand? His father's old, well past 100 years old. He, he didn't have to do that if he didn't want to. But Isaac represents Yahshua. You understand? He's telling the story, obedient unto death. You understand? Humble. You see that position that he's in. You understand? Bound with his head lower. You understand? Humble or obedient or submitting himself to the will of his father. You understand? And that's all Yahshua talked about. You see? So Isaac, I mean, yeah, Isaac has to come up and carry the wood that they're going to take up the mountain to the sacrifice. This is Yahshua had to carry his uh, the wood of his cross through the streets. You understand? You see? And then the angel stayed. Uh, Abraham's hand, you understand? There was a ram caught in the thicket. The ram is a, uh, a male lamb or a male goat, I think, or however it goes. But that's representing Yahshua, you understand? And so you come to the migratory track. I'm just hitting on the, the most obvious points. Somebody else can run through the rest of them. You go to, my point is that it's all talking about Yahshua. And if it's all happening through all of these biblical events and Yahweh never changes, why do I think sometimes they, he ain't operating the same way in my life right now. Yahweh said he don't change. He's operating this way. And that's why we got to see it in each of these events. Just the other day when Dr. Dye was going through the 40 play chart, I'm looking at how it's all interconnected. It's like at some point, <laughs> at some point, I'll start to understand. I see why Yahweh had to do it like that. It's a multitude of witnesses. You understand? You can't deny it. You see? You've been living, dealing your whole life on this planet. We have gravity. And every time you let something go in thin air, it drops to the ground every single time. You understand? You can't deny that it's, there's a force there. You understand? That's causing these things to fall. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, at some point, you got to admit the truth. You got to admit to what you're seeing. And so you see these things operating through this pattern throughout the entire 40 play chart, throughout the entire Bible. And it trains you to see how Yahweh is working. So anyway, in the migratory trip, he has, um, we have down here in the court roundabout section, them, the night of the Passover, and they had to get that Passover lamb. We know, we just, we say it every class, that lamb represents Yahshua Messiah. You understand? 
at Lamb had all the specifications. It had to be a male in the first year. It had to be without squat, spots and blemish. They had to examine that lamb. It had to be without spot and blemish. What is that talking about? It's talking about Yahshua the Messiah. You understand? The only one that was guilty of sin that had no sin. He was the only worthy sacrifice. The only worthy sacrifice. He was without sin. And so when at his trial, when he's examined by Pilate, and they, they ask him about the things the Jews were accusing him of, and Pilate says, I find no fault with him without spot and blemish. You understand? So he, so that's representing Yahshua. Of course, they had to kill this lamb. They had to take the blood of this lamb. And the whole, how the, every Israelite that was in Egypt, that was a slave, had to kill. They had to get a lamb for their household and kill it. And for their household, that's a key point. We ain't riding in on nobody's coattails because your husband, your wife, your parents, whoever is in class, because they know Yahweh don't mean you <laughs> have your soul say. You got to know Yahweh for yourself. Each of us has to know him for ourselves, have to understand some about Yahweh and experience him in our lives. Not just paying it lip service, not playing church. You understand? And so what Yahweh is telling me, every time I'm, you're going through these things in this world, maybe it's because you're not really diligently seeking. And trying to understand Yahweh. It's still, Yahweh is still a far off God somewhere. You understand? So anyway, uh, they had to, each house had to have that lamb. Each house had to have their own lamb. And all of Israel had to get a lamb for their households. You understand? And that's typified, or that's pointing to Yahshua being crucified by all of Israel. And it says that in the scripture where it says that all of Israel shouted crucify him or, you know, uh, however it goes. You see, they had to kill him, you know what I'm saying? Because it's in fulfillment of the scripture. Not because the Jews are so bad, all these anti-Semitic people out here, it's fulfilling the scripture. You understand? We be putting our ideas all up in there, it just don't work. So anyway, they had to kill that lamb. They had to take the blood of that lamb and put it on the door. There's another door. Yahshua said, I am the door. Why is he talking like that? Who walks around talking about they're a door? He's, he's working by the pattern. You understand? He's fulfilling everything. So he's the door. They had to put the blood of the lamb on that door. The four points that they had uh, on the top of that door, the two side posts, and they had a basin that they dipped it from. And that's pointing to Yahshua's four points of blood on that, when he was on that cross, one in each hand, one through both feet, a crown of thorns on his head. You understand? He was pierced in his side just because, at, because that lamb was pierced in his side where they drained blood. You understand? You see, so then you come to the interior of the pattern and you've got uh, these sacrifices here and all of these sacrifices and, and the court roundabout, they had to make these sacrifices when they sinned, when they broke the law of Yahweh, the commandments of Yahweh, they had to take sacrifices that were to die in their stead. Because if I broke the law, I'm supposed to die. But Yahweh made a provision that I can have, bring a sacrifice, an animal sacrifice and it would die in my stead. The animal's not the one who sinned. So all this, anyway, that, so it was dying and something innocent had to die for the guilty. It's pointing to Yahshua, he was sinless. He didn't have any sin. He died for our guilt, for our sin. You understand? Each one of those sacrifices, they had to kill those sacrifices. You understand? 
they had to put the blood on the four horns of the you see you starting to see a theme going here you know they had to put the blood on the four horns of that altar of sin sacrifice there's four points of blood just like Yahshua had four points of blood they had to wash that sacrifice in the labor of water, which is typical of a baptism, and Yahshua had to be baptized. You understand? I'm telling you. It's, I know these things are simple. Well, I'm not going to say they're simple. We consider them to be basic, whatever. You know, you understand, if you understand something about this, it's a revelation from Yahweh. A lot of people can hear this and say, that's kind of cool, but yeah, and just go on about their life. I'm in awe of what Yahweh has allowed us and caused us to know. The sacrifices represent Yahshua being sacrificed. He was baptized. You understand that? You had that um, holy cup of anointing order, that priest, that, the oil, the priest was anointed with that oil once the, at the beginning of his ministry. So when Yahshua was baptized, the, the oil represents spirit. All throughout the scripture, it represents spirit, being anointed with the Holy Spirit. And so when Yahshua was baptized, John sees the vision, just as it says in that chart. It was a vision. Everybody didn't see a dove flapping around Yahshua's head. It was John's vision of the Holy Spirit manifesting as a dove. You understand? So, and that's what that's the blood or the spirit. That's Yahshua. All this stuff is talking about Yahshua. You understand? We can go on and on. I don't want to take more time, but my point is this. It seems simple to those of us who have heard it for so long, but Yahweh ain't changed yet. You understand? Every day, you got to eat something. Every single day. You should. That something has to die. Whatever you eat, be it animal or plant, it's got to die. It was a living thing. When <laughs> you eat it, it's dying. It didn't do anything to you, but it's got to die. And it's buried in your intestinal, in your digestive tract. You understand? And those nutrients and the things that your body needs are uh, converted into energy and make new cells and food for the cells and all that kind of stuff. Promotes your health and your well-being. That's typical of Yahshua the Messiah. And so he died. He wasn't the guilty of sin. He died for our sin. You understand? To give us a new heart and a new mind for our well-being. Because if in this life we, we have hope, and this is all we got. You run around here trying to be something in this world. That's why nothing's satisfying. Anybody notice that? Duane talked about that last time. He's it's like, it's just nothing in the world that satisfies you anymore. I'll tell you one thing that never gets old is learning about this gospel. When Yahweh gives you a revelation, it's like the first time every time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure many of you can, can attest to that, you see, because the flesh profited nothing. So if this is all we got hope in, we are of all men most miserable, you see. But when I sit and eat a piece of chicken, I'm understanding that's testifying to Yahshua. That is a blessing and that is a miracle to understand that. You understand? So every night you're going to go to sleep. You're going to get in your bed. You're going to either cover up with covers or you say, I don't like covers. I sleep in the buff. I don't cover nothing. It's hot I'm in California. That's okay. You turn off the light and you are shrouded or covered in darkness. I don't turn off the lights. <laughs> you know how some people are, you know, they just angry about everything. Okay, you close your eyes and your consciousness is shrouded in darkness. You know, that's type of death. You, understand? you are laid out. You are uh, buried in sleep. Or in other words, you're not conscious, you understand, to the things going on around you. 
and then you resurrect in the morning. It's talking about Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection. It happens to us every single day. Every single day. Every single day that sun rises and sets. Every single day. It ain't missed a beat yet. It is a testimony to Yahshua. Dr. Kinley said that it blew me away. I mean, I knew it was, but he said it's a direct, we just overlook that stuff. We don't think about it. Man, it's the sun. It's a pretty sunny day. That's talking about Yahshua. You understand? And you start to see how he is our only hope of glory. You understand? These are the things that will give you confidence and faith that Yahweh does exist, that Yahweh did give a man a vision, that you and I can know something about the creator as he really is and actually exists, but we gotta learn. We gotta learn. Can't be here playing church and just, that's right, hallelujah, amen. You understand? You have to deal with that. Yahweh says he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I look at myself, have I been doing that? Mm, nah. <laughs> nah, no. You know, and last thing I'll say, Yahweh knows that we in this flesh, we got things to take care of. We got to tend to the flesh. He's aware of that. He's saying you got to quit your job and all I'm going to do is study. Yeah, I used to think that when I was a teenager, because right? I used to be irritated by hearing people, you know, people who have been in class for a long time and they, they were uh, maybe, you know, because everybody's at a different level of understanding. And so they were at a certain level of understanding. And the way they talk about it, like, I don't want to do nothing but learn about Yahweh. I'm like, well. I do. <laughs> I want to go out and experience things and, you know, get a career and get married, all this other stuff. You understand? So I felt, you know, like, well, maybe I, I don't know. I just felt bad. Like, well, because I, I, I didn't want to do it. I was still attracted to the things in the world. You understand? But y'all was aware that you got to do things in the world. You can't, you ain't got to quit your job and all that. But y'all also give y'all some time. I know when I'm sitting, getting ready to wind down for bed, and I'm watching TV and playing a crossword puzzle on my phone, I could be reading something. You understand? I could be seeking. You don't have to do much. I'm telling me, Yahweh see that you're seeking him. He'll give you. He rewards you <laughs> tenfold. You understand? You see, how many times have I sat and just, oh, Yahweh, why this and why that? And why aren't you doing? Why is it this way? And I don't bother to do what he said to do. You see, treating Yahweh like a genie in a bottle. Gimme, 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 gimme. You understand? He is merciful, allowing me to know anything. And he put it all right here. He put it in the textbooks. He put it in the Bible. I won't bother. So I'm going to stop rambling. But, and I hope that, I hope Yahshua used me as a vessel today. But I guess what I'm saying is this is important to know. These things that Yahweh revealed through God killing to us and allowed us to know, don't take it. Lightly, you know, and I'm speaking to, to myself. Don't take it lightly, just act like, oh, just go through your life. Eh. You know, Yahweh has blessed us, and He said so that we will not be without excuse. I'm that's what I'm feeling. I ain't gonna have no excuse. So, what am I doing? Wasting time, you see. So, I hope that you got something out of this. So, all praises to Yahshua. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And for a second speaker, I'm happy to call on Dr. Shirley Nelson. Dr. Nelson? Good evening, class. Can everyone hear me? Yes. Okay. I apologize. I was 
running. I was late for class today and running, trying to get home in time and just so many things to do. It seems like getting out of work and traveling these freeways. But anyway, I didn't get a chance, an opportunity to hear what scripture reading was. What was scripture reading though? <laughs> it was Genesis, the 39th chapter. Genesis 39. Okay. And I, I don't really know what all it went into, but at any rate, I'm always happy to have something to say about this divine truth in our, in our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. And I am eternally grateful for the blessings, the mercy, and the endurance that he's given all of us in this last day and age that we are in. And um, I can't, um, I have nothing new to say. I um, just praise Joshua. I wonder if you will go over there and just get me Isaiah, if you can start over there. Uh, Isaiah, where he talks about, uh, I am Yahweh, that is my name. And I just wanna just give praises to our heavenly father. And this good scripture that she's about ready to read, he does mention how he will not give his glory to another. Can you go ahead and get that scripture for me, please? Maybe it's 46. I'm sorry. That's Isaiah 42 and 8. <clears throat> I am Yahweh. That is my name. Mm -hmm. And my glory will I not give to another. Mm -hmm. Neither my praise to graven images. Mm -hmm. Now that I just love that scripture because he's declaring who he is. He is Yahweh, see. And it's another scripture that says that there is none else. He says, but his glory, and read that again. I'm sorry. I have to I have to slow down here for a minute. It's you know, when you be in motion like that, you're out of breath and everything. But just read the scripture for me again. And I'm just gonna try to say a few words here and be done. Isaiah 42 and 8, mm -hmm. I am Yahweh, that is my name, mm -hmm. and my glory will I not give to another, Right. neither my praise to graven images. Mm -hmm. Now he's saying that is my name. Now Yahweh has never been confused about what his name is. We're the ones who have been confused about that. But he's declaring himself, him, himself to those Israelites. He's saying, I'm Yahweh, that's my name, my glory. I'm not giving my glory to nobody, nobody, no thing, nothing else. Mm -hmm. No graven image, no thought process, not big eyes and little you. I'm not giving my glory to nothing and neither should we. But those are things we don't know until we come into understanding of Yahweh, how he really is and how he actually exists. Now, I really enjoyed the previous speaker, the words that I heard, the part that I did hear, because he was talking about the things that Yahweh has taught us as a result of this divine vision and revelation that was given to our founder in the year of 1931. Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley said he had a divine vision and revelation from the creator himself. Now, I want to just kind of just slow that down a little bit because not only did he have a vision but he also had to have a revelation and this is the thing that we've come to understand without that vision without that revelation we don't know nothing about nothing about what's going on we know nothing about our creator 
We don't know how he truly exists. We don't know how he manifested himself in the flesh and that he came in to fulfill all things that the scriptures were written, that the scripture wrote about, which was about him. See, we didn't know his mission. We didn't know Yahweh's purpose. I want you to go over there and get that for me also in Isaiah. And maybe that's the one that's at Isaiah 42 or 46, I believe it is, where he talks about his purpose. Now, we know that he has a name. Now, his name, Moses, was the first person that he had given his divine name to. Prior to that, no one knew the true name of the Heavenly Father. And he said that he appeared unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which was the lineage of Moses. You see what I'm saying? He appeared unto them by the name of El Shaddai, by El Shaddai but by his name Yahweh, he was not known. So Moses was that first man that Yahweh chose to give a uh, understanding or give his divine name. And that was through by vision. So now go ahead and I want you to pick that scripture up to also over there with Moses, because I said that it was by a vision. I wouldn't just bring that point out, but go ahead and get me this scripture in 46, I believe it is, Isaiah. Isaiah 46 and 9. Okay, I believe so. Re remember the former things of old. Mm -hmm. For I am Yahweh and there mm -hmm. is none else. Okay, now Yahweh is consistent in what he said. Now he said that I am Yahweh before. He said that is my name and my glory. I'm not given to anybody else. So he's pretty persistent with, with declaring who he is and what he's about. And then over here in Isaiah 46, read again, please. Isaiah 46 and 9, remember the former things of old, for mm -hmm. I am Yahweh, mm -hmm. and there is none else. Now he's saying there is none else. So you can't give your glory to anything else because there is none else. Right. Read, please. I am Yahweh, and there is none like me. Then he says, and you can't liken me to nothing. And that's another scripture over there. And I believe Isaiah, whom will you liken me to? Mm -hmm. So Yahweh is, is declaring, and he's consistent with what he's declaring. He knows who he is. And you know, as a previous speaker talked about, this is the time in our life where we better know who he is. Because that knowing Yahweh is the difference between life and death. And that is a reality that we are all coming to understand. Read, please. And I'm talking about a spiritual death, a spiritual life. Sometimes it's even physical. But see, the reality of this life is truly spiritual. See, that's that eternal life that we do want to abode forever in Yahshua. Now go ahead, read, please. Tenth verse, declaring the end from the beginning, mm -hmm. and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. And now you I see, do, go ahead. And I will do all, will do my, all pleasure. my pleasure. I'm so sorry that I have to interrupt. <laughs> okay. See, he says now, he said there was none like him. Why? See, he said he was declaring the end from the beginning. That's why there was none like him that can do that. Mm -hmm. Yahweh was the only one that could do that. In other words, he had already put in motion what he had already purposed. See, and it was purposed in the very beginning of time. This is Yahweh's counsel. Go ahead, read. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man mm -hmm. that executeth my counsel from a far country. Mm -hmm. Yea, I have spoken it. 
I will also bring it to pass. Mm -hmm. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Mm -hmm. Now he's, he said that his <laughs> calling a ravenous verb, the man that executed his counsel from a, read that again, I'm so sorry. And I want someone to look up the word counsel for me. So usually I have my book. I didn't have time to get my book in front of me or anything. You know, I'm, 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 uh, my equilibrium feels off. But nonetheless, I trust that Yahweh will have me to say what he will have me to say. So go ahead, please. 11th verse. Mm -hmm. Calling a ravenous bird from the east. Mm -hmm. The man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. Mm -hmm. I also, I will also bring it to pass. Okay. I have purposed it. Mm -hmm. I will also do it. See, so now Yahweh is the one that's doing it all. See, he's purposed it. He spoke it first, he said, and he said then he's, he uh, purposed it. See, and that that Yahweh has purposed, nothing, nothing is going to, and I need counsel, uh, C-I-L. I think that's the one that that verse is referring to, isn't it? Uh, no, it's C-O-U-N-S-C-L. S-C-L. Okay. Version. All right. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Now go ahead. I'm looking here on this, on this uh, definition and it's saying, and it's saying over here, advice given, especially as the result of consultation, a policy or plan or action of behavior, deliberation, see, purpose. You see what I'm saying? See, Yahweh's purpose is going to stand. You see what I'm saying? This is the counsel that he's talking about. That's see, right. over there in the, uh, when we had the other day, we were into the Eumenical. Uh, we were studying that or going through that uh, lecture or that uh, paper that had been written. Uh, uh, and I don't know if that's the same word, the ecumenism. Is it the same thing as the Eumenical Council or no? Those two different things or no? I no, yeah. Ecumenical Council, yes, the same thing. It's the same thing. That's what I thought. And see, so we're talking about, we're not talking about no Ecumenical Council that's going to stand. We're talking about Yahweh's Council, which is his policy, his plan, his action of beha uh, behavior, his purpose. You see what I'm saying? And you can, and nothing is going to impede the purpose of Yahweh. You see, so we know that Yahweh has already put this thing in motion. See, when we were talking, and just that I, since I had mentioned that, I was thinking when we were going through that lecture, and I thought it was a very good lecture. It was information that I did not know. I did not know that there was a period of time or there had been set up a whole system of lies, really is what it was all about because the Roman Catholic Church, and I'm not gonna go deep into that. It was just my thoughts that I had about it. The Roman Catholic Church is always trying to mimic what had went down or what they found in the Bible. As you know, like, you know, there was a, a mitre that was back in the Bible. See, you know, there was an Ark of a Covenant that had to have staves in it and they couldn't touch that Ark. You see, they had to carry it with those staves. Well, that the, the Roman Catholic Church mimicked that with the Pope of Rome at one time when he used to be driven or carried around on that so-called seat of Gastoria, I believe is what it was. And I do think we do have maybe a picture of it or something. But see, they were mimicking what was back under or, or in those scriptures of what Yahweh had done, see, with those, that, that Ark of the Covenant was so holy, see, if you, if you will, that he could not, he told them not to touch it or anything. So when they had to disassemble, see, that 
whole uh, tabernacle that they would have to erect in the wilderness there, when they would disassemble, whenever they were dealing with that Ark of the Covenant, they couldn't touch that Ark of the Covenant. You see what I'm saying? So that Roman Catholic Church comes in trying to mimic that same self same thing. You understand? So, but they didn't know, you know, anything about what Yahweh was truthfully doing. So when Yahweh talked to Peter and said to Peter, thou art Peter and upon this rock will I build my church, they, they're looking as P, at Peter as being that rock. But truly Peter wasn't. So it made me look up a few scriptures that Yahweh talked about. And I'm just gonna just share this briefly and then try to go on. But Yahweh talked about being the rock. I want you to go over there and get Psalms 31 and 3. And both uh, scripture readers, if you can just pick them up. I'm not going to go deep in them, but it's just a few scriptures that I want having read here. Uh, Psalms 31 and 3, Psalms 18 and 2. That's Psalms 31 and 3. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Mm -hmm. Can you Therefore pick it up? I'm sorry? Can you pick it up a little bit? Sure, I'll start at one. Okay. That's Psalms 31 and one. Mm -hmm. To the chief musician, a psalm mm -hmm. of David. Mm -hmm. In thee, O Yahweh, do I put my trust. Now listen, he's not talking to Peter. See, some of these things, you know, and you, you sit and you wonder, why don't they see that? He's not, David, the psalmist, wasn't talking to Peter. Read again. Mm -hmm. In thee, O Yahweh, do I put my trust. Read. Let me never be ashamed. Mm -hmm. Deliver me in thy righteousness. There you go. Read. Bow down thy ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Mm -hmm. Be thy my strong rock mm -hmm. for a house of defense to save me. Mm -hmm. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Mm -hmm. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Now you see that? So now David is saying over here in the Psalms that thou art my rock and my fortress, but he's speaking about Yahweh. The book does not reference or won't give you evidence. And that's the thing that Dr. Kinley through the vision was able to show us this proof, just what's just written in the Bible. But here you have Roman Catholicism, which is the mother religion, so to speak. You see what I'm saying? See, because the it, the Roman Catholicism is like the mother harlot, mother of harlots, and all the little other religions is what came out from her. You understand? So they're like the little imps. You, you see, do you understand what I'm trying to say? But this is the mother of harlots here, Roman Catholicism. You see what I'm saying? So that, that's where all of this, so they're trying to mimic something, not knowing, not understanding. Did they not read the Bible? But even if they did, they wouldn't understand it because Yahweh has to give you a revelation. And go over to the next scripture. I think it was Psalms 18 and 2. Psalm 18, and I'll begin at 1. I will love thee, O Yahweh, my strength. Mm. Yahweh is my rock mm. and, and my fortress. There you go. And my deliverer, my El, my strength, in whom I will trust. There you go. Mm. My buckler and the mm. horn of my salvation and mm. my high tower. Mm. You see that? He's Yahweh is my rock and my strength. He's not talking about people. Peter, let's get a third one too. Go over there and let me have Psalms 62 and 7. It's all throughout the Bible, but I was just looking, uh, I was looking at just how it was referring to Yahweh being that rock. Now go ahead, read. That's Psalm 62 and 7. And then also pick up, someone pick up 1 Corinthians 10 and 4, okay? 
That's Psalm 62, and I'll start at five. Mm -hmm. My soul wait thou only upon Yahweh, mm -hmm. for my expectation is from him. Mm -hmm. He only is my rock mm -hmm. and my salvation. There you go. He mm -hmm. is my defense. I mm -hmm. shall not be moved. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh is my salvation and my glory, mm -hmm. the rock of my strength and my refuge is in Yahweh. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. Yahweh is a refuge for us. Salah. Hallelujah. And see, that's why the declaration of who he is. And it, it just prompted that. I don't know if I'm doing any justice with doing the comparison as far as that paper that was written, but it was just, it prompted. And that was one of the things the previous speaker, it was something he said, made me think of that. See, because Yahweh keeps you in a mindset. When we're listening to these lectures here, you might be listening to something that's about one particular thing and he'll take your mind, it'll cause your mind to uh, tune in on something maybe you've always wondered about. And then you start just from a phrase you heard or whatever, you start looking that up. I did not know all those scriptures within the Bible about the rock. You see what I'm saying? I'm just thinking, why do they not know this? Now go over there because what we come to understand in this school is that Yahweh is spirit. And in his pure spirit state, he's indiscernible, he's in, inscrutable and indiscernible. You see what I'm saying? Invisible. And our finite senses cannot comprehend Yahweh in that state. But Yahweh has a purpose and he has a plan. So he purposed to create a creation and that creation he created, he wanted to know him or make himself known to that creation. So it necessitated Yahweh, see through by his own, <clears throat> his own purpose, see, see, to come out of that pure spirit state. And I want you to go over there and get me the Moses chart, if you will, to come out of that pure spirit state, see, and then come into a shape. And we have it illustrated here. And this is a pictorial illustration, see, of what Dr. Kinley even saw in his vision. So he's showing Moses up here or in the cloud, see, Yahweh being, see, likened to that cloud, see. Yahweh is spirit is where it says. And you can pick that up over there in John 4 and 24. Because the thing that Yahweh is saying to me more and more is that, and let this is in the Bible. Is scripture that's in the Bible. Now, Yahweh's not, he's not a respecter of persons. So we're not, he to, and we're not looking for someone to be interpreting the Bible for us. See, we, he don't care who you are. He, the only way you're going to know the truth about what those scriptures mean is that Yahweh gives you a revelation to it. He's not respecting you as a person and your own interpretation as the Roman Catholic Church is doing all these other religious organizations in hand. They have nothing other to go, they have nothing to go on other than their own interpretation, ideal concept and opinion about what the scriptures are saying. That's why they're clueless. They don't know what, they're, what it is saying. So now, but we come to understand that Yahweh, and I need you to pick it up since I said it, John 4 and 24, please. That's John 4 and 24. Mm -hmm. Yahweh is spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, he's not a spirit either. Yahweh is spirit. A would denote that is designating one, and then there might be some others. Yahweh is spirit. You see what I'm saying? Read. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And we don't have a choice in the matter. 
You see what I'm saying? If you're worshiping Yahweh, that's how we must. He declares, or that's how he desires that to be. So in that pure spirit state, he's inscrutable and incomprehensible. And laying down within that whole spirit, uh, pure, pure spirit state is Yahweh's divine attributes of wisdom, intelligence, and knowledge, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, and strength. See, coming together, now it's all intangible, if you will. You don't understand that. But when Yahweh causes the creation to be created, then he puts those attributes right within the creation. See, and even just a just side note with that, you may have various ones to manifest a certain amount of wisdom and a certain amount of intelligence. And maybe they have a certain amount of love and beauty, see. But Yahweh is the essence of that. He is pure wisdom and pure intelligence and knowledge, love, beauty, justice, foundation, and power. If you manifest any of those attributes, it's only because you got that from Yahweh. See, he gave that to you to manifest some intelligence, but he is intelligence. So it's the understanding of that. These are the things that Yahweh taught us. See, without fail, he didn't charge. Dr. Kenley, when he gave, when Yahweh gave him this vision, this is not a paid for uh, doctrine. In other words, there's no ministers getting paid. There's no one showing uh, just riding up and they're self-esteemed all over the world because of what they're out here saying. See, the people that preach this gospel, many are, many are just unknown. It's nothing about any of us it's that Yahweh has set aside to preach his gospel. But the mere fact that he has given you an understanding to be able to preach it has set you aside, not for of yourself, but Yahweh just placed his spirit there, see, and gave you an understanding to be able to preach it. And like the previous speaker said, we're here to preach the gospel and to witness to the things that Yahweh has told us and taught us and showed us. And the only other thing we could do is to share that with somebody because we've come to understand it to be eternal life. So him in this pure spirit state, those nine principal attributes of his, see, and that pure spirit not being able to understand came together in a set form, see. All that was in Yahweh, the pure spirit, came together in a set form. But it didn't take all of pure spirit to come together into that set form. You understand? See, it didn't have to take all of Yahweh to come into a shape and form. See, but that's how he came, and it was in that form, see, that he then allowed man to understand him in visions and in revelation, because he's moved out of that ethereal state, if you will, and now he's now still ethereal, but now he's being, he's in a, in a, in a shape and a form that you can see in a visionary state. You can see him in that visionary form. You understand what I'm saying? That's like you think, uh, uh, do you understand what I'm saying? You have a, uh, we use illustrations like a baby. And when the baby, when the seed comes forth between the seed and the sperm, see, and comes together from the male and the female, see, then that's like invisible, if you will. You don't see what's happening with that. But that seed then has to implant itself in that woman's womb, see. And then that child, that that apparently was invisible to the naked eye, you couldn't see that what was going on. You couldn't see what was going on down, laying down within the sperm with all those seeds. And guess what? It only could be one seed that even penetrated and being able to get to that woman to become 
I mean, I think this whole thing that Yahweh set up with the creation is just so magnificent. But now it didn't, it, when he did, when once that seed is taken on that shape and form, now it can be seen in visions and in revelations with a woman being pregnant, they call it an ultrasound. You see what I'm saying? There's some kind of X-ray vision or extra vision, see, that then you can see Elohim. And it was in that form of Elohim, the word or son, that he appeared to the different patriarchs and prophets. And that's why your Bible will read that the word appeared unto this one and the word appeared unto that one. That was Yahweh Elohim in that visionary form. When Moses went up there in that mountain, that's what, yeah, that's what Moses saw. See, and he talked about that, how that he saw the God of Israel. He didn't see him in his pure spirit state. He saw him as Yahweh Elohim in shape and form or in a vision. Do you understand? And so, but now later on then, see, he manifests that self-same spirit, see, manifested in the form of Yahshua the Messiah, just as that child, that that seed that's invisible that then takes on the shape and form inside the woman's womb see is taken on the shape and form and then nine months later it is now visible or you can handle it see and that's the threefold makeup if you will of Yahweh you see one spirit two manifestations of that that's Yahweh showing his whole breakdown and the unity of the spirit if you will I mean it's so powerful that he even allow us to even understand that because when we were in church we didn't understand it we didn't know that like that so now the Yahweh in that so here you come in Yahshua the Messiah now I told you all that pure spirit and all that was in that pure spirit state of Yahweh, when he took on the shape and form as Yahweh Elohim, see, or manifested, see, or the shape and form, then it, it, all that was in pure spirit is now in that shape and form. Do you understand? I mean, the self-same thing with that child. All that was latent down within that spermatic fluid is now in that child. You see what I'm saying? So that self-same substance, if you will, see, is now in Yahshua Messiah, the same power See, that was with that with the father. See, it's the same power that's in the son. I mean, I hope I'm not, I hope somebody's getting something out of this. I'm hoping that Yahweh will allow me to be able to. Sometimes I'm so excited about preaching this gospel and just the mere things, the simple things that I understand. Because see, I'm not one like that. For me to understand it is, is really something. So I'm thankful for that. And I, I think it's grand, not me, but grand what Yahweh has given me. If it's just enough to fit on the tip of a pen, that's grand to me. Because see, I didn't know his name. You see, I didn't know what to call him, but Yahweh told me that, and I hold it very precious. So now in this form, this is Yahweh walking around in a physical body, if you will. And that's why the Messiah had to come in and say, me and my father are one. So as Yahshua Messiah, that's he is the father in that, you see him saying, in that sonship degree, if you will. So now if the father was talking about being the rock, Let's see, go over there to 1 Corinthians 10 and 4. See, and I just want to just show these were the things and I went all the way about, around about with it. But I just want to, and there's other scriptures. And if the readers even know of other scriptures where the Yashua Messiah is talking about the rock. See, uh, I know it's, uh, go and get 10, 1 Corinthians 10 and 4, first of all. 1 Corinthians 10 and 4. Mm -hmm. And I'll start at one. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Mm -hmm. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. 
and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was the Messiah. Now you see what I'm saying? Now look at that. They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was the Messiah. So now all of the scriptures that I just told you right now, I don't say anything about Peter being the rock. But see, when Yahshua Messiah said that in the scripture, see, he wasn't talking about Peter. Thou art Peter. Go back and get me that scripture again, and then I'm going to end that, uh, where he says, thou art Peter, and upon this rock. Um, Sorry about that. That is Matthew 16 and 18. I'll start at uh, 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Messiah, the son of the living Elohim. And Yahshua answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, now, and see, the gates Yashua of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay, and, and hell shall not prevail against it. And now Dr. Kinley, in another point of, of his teaching, he says, see, the world don't know the difference between this and that. You see what I'm saying? So he's talking to Peter, and he says, thou art Peter, yes, but upon this rock, talking about himself. Will he build his church? And so I want you to go over there and get me the the scripture where it talks about being the head, the stone, the head of the building. You know which one I mean, because we're talking about a rock, but same thing as a stone. Go ahead and get that scripture for me too. Which scripture did you need? Okay, where he talks about the, uh, the, the stone, which the builders made. I think it's over in Acts. Oh. Is that Acts? Yeah, that's Acts 4 and 11. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, mm-hmm. which has become the head of the corner. Mm-hmm. Neither is, self, is there salvation in any other. Mm-hmm. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. So it is Yahshua, the Messiah, that is truly the rock. It is Yahshua, the Messiah, that is truly the stone. See, and I just thought it was beautiful. I can't go into it. I've asked Yahshua, allow me to even research that more. Because as it was brought out about the Roman uh, Catholic religion and how that that whole premise about Peter being the first pope and that Peter is the rock that he talked that the Messiah meant was talking about when he said that upon this rock, Peter, will I build my church. See, that is a lie. That lie, as the previous speaker said uh, the other day, see, that whole lie was the fundamental foundation of the Roman Catholics teaching. Think about that. That's what justifies them to say, you know, that this is who we are and why we are uh, called Peter. See, our name is Peter because it's us. We're that rock. We're that stone. We're the foundation. You see with all that stuff? And listen, it was a big lie. Have you noticed that in the, in the news today, that's what they're talking about? It's the big lie. 
Well, listen, the big lie, and now they're associating that with Trump. So he wants to call what happened as the big lie. Isn't it interesting he would use that term? But this is what Yahweh's showing us, is that it's the same story, just or the same old soup, stale soup too, just warmed over. See, it's the same lie. We're talking about a lie that just proceeded right out of the Garden of Eden. See, and it came all the way down, walking down through the ages and dispensation. The lie, the manifestation changes, but the principle of it is all the same. And that is to deceive, to be deceptive, to lie, see, trickery and everything else, see. And that's what's transpired. Now look, if you don't have some understanding about something, and I'm going to wrap this up because I'm really losing steam, but if you don't have some understanding about who your creator is and some truth about him, beginning with his name, beginning with what he came in to do, that he had a purpose, and this thing is not skelter-helter, see, but that Yahweh has something put out in motion that will nothing will impede it. That's his purpose, see. If we don't know something about our Heavenly Father, how he truly is and actually exists, see, we can get duped, we can get caught up, we can be fearful, we can be just all in a ball of just confusion, of pain and of just uh, disillusionment, trying to get through this life because these are perilous times we are in. This is a time that is very grievous for most people during this time. We're in a death decree and we know that according to the principles laid down within this gospel. Previous speaker told you uh, that death, that burial, that resurrection, see, it came all the way down, see. Yahweh, those principles, see, they're awesome and is manifesting right now today, but not just on the outside of us. That's happening right within us. But the whole purpose of it is to understand that Yahweh died. He, res he was buried and he resurrected. So that understanding, see, of him in you, see, look, we were once dead. We were buried in our carnality, in our ignorance, in our, in our disbelief. See. But Yahshua, the Holy Spirit in us, just caused us to resurrect unto newness, unto life, where we now know who he is and how he really exists. And so, like I said, I didn't, I hope somebody got something out of it. I hope it wasn't too all over the place, uh, but I have truly run out of steam. I thank you for your time. I thank you for the efforts that we're putting forth through this. And as the previous speaker said, just be enduring this time that we're in. Yeah, it's only for a minute. Yahweh, Paul talked about how the suffering that we endure in this time is but just for a moment. See, because it, the, the benefits of being in that eternal glorification through an understanding and knowledge or having the Holy Spirit in us. See, we got something waiting for us. We got something that's real. We got something to look forward to. We have got to know and remember that Yahweh has promised us something. And he's promised us life and life more abundantly and life eternally. This life that we're looking at here, this isn't half of the, this is, this doesn't compare to what Yahweh has purpose for us. Right. And so I just want to encourage everybody to be strong, stand in there, stand in Yahshua, trust him, love right. him, have patience, have patience even with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Ask Yahshua for everything that you need. That's right. If you lack patience, ask him 
If you lack an understanding, ask him. If you want to study more, ask Yahshua. If you want your mind to be at comfort and at peace, ask him for his comfort, his peace. Ask Yahshua for everything. He is our savior. He is our comforter. He is who calls us to get up in the morning every single day. See, take the time to praise him. Give him the glory for everything. He will keep you on a path. He will hold you. He will take your hand. He will lead you. He will not forsake you. He will show you what to say, how to be, how to act, what to do, even how to think. Because when that old negative boy, as it was with me, to this afternoon, trying to get home, everything that could have gotten in my, got in my way, got in my way. Even the exit to my, the exit that I needed to take to get home when got me here 10 minutes earlier was closed. No sign on the street, nowhere. I'm on the freeway to say it. That ex exit is closed. I'm thinking, what is this? Then you get past the exit and then everything, fire trucks, everything is stopping you. I'm like, Satan, get behind me. That's when I say it. And that's the term I don't usually say. But it was just something I'm thinking, now this is a purpose for me just to keep, to get so frustrated. Oh, I'm late. I'm not going to join. I'm tired. See, but that's what that old boy wants you to do. Yahweh, you look, he wants us to persevere in him. And the only way we truly do that is that he be in us and that he be the one that's making the difference in anything in our lives. So I just want to thank you again for the opportunity to have anything to say. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Nelson. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call on Dr. Carl Leatherberry. Um, how are everybody doing in class? Um, I'm in the hospital with Keisha right now, and I'm just trying to play the gospel for her. So we, uh, I do want to say praise Joshua, and I'm in some trying times right now, and that's all I have is Joshua. Um, so we're just going to listen to the gospel. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for our next speaker, we'd like to call on Dr. Lindsay Wright. All right, Alexa, good evening to everyone. Good evening. Um, I'm happy to uh, be on tonight. Um, I don't have too much to say, but um, I'm thankful to Yashua. I've just been very full all day. Um, this last year, and I'm sure a lot of people have can, you know, attest to the same thing about um, losing brethren, loved ones, friends, family. Um, it's been trying. It's the most um, that I've ever seen in the almost 40 years that I've been on this earth, uh, the uh, amount of family and friends that I've lost in just in a, in a year's time. And I've been asking Yashua, what am I supposed to see from it? We know that 
this flesh is temporal. It's not forever. And we have to all see that time where we take off this flesh. We know that it's more than this physical, that we have someplace better that, you know, we will reside, which is within Yahshua the Messiah. We struggle when we see people that we love pass because we will miss um, communing with that spirit that reside in that body. But the joy of knowing Yahweh, that even amongst that struggle and that hard time and that sadness of missing that soul, Yahweh provides comfort. He doesn't stop doing that. There are people in this world who do not know Yahweh. And when they are, they are presented with these type of woes and sorrows of losing um, someone or seeing someone go through something traumatic and horrible, they can't take it. And so those are the ones that take their lives. They don't see the resurrection, even in death. And see, that's where Yahweh separates us from the rest of the world. Ever since I was a child, my mother will always say, you are in this world, but you are not of it. I didn't understand that until I got older. We are sons of Yahshua the Messiah. He has set us aside. He called our names from the beginning of time. He knew when, what, when, what we were going to do through our lives. He, knew, he knows when our last breath we're going to take. All those things are already promised. We just watching the show, folks. And how grateful should we be that we have a savior who holds us and keeps us when the rest of the world is drowning in sorrow and darkness. When you are in your saddest state, Yahweh still gives you joy. Now, everybody can't say that. Everybody can't have peace in the darkest times of their lives. That is the peace of mind that Yahshua Messiah gives us. That is the only hope of glory that I stand on. When I get up every day in the morning, I have to ask Yahshua to give me the strength to endure this day and everything and everyone around me. It is the prayer that I say every morning before I put my feet on the ground. Because I can't do it without him. I can't function without Yahshua. I can't do it on my own. I have tried and I failed. It is the strength that keeps us going. Stand fast in Yahshua Messiah. That is my only prayer to, and my admonishment to the sons that are listening. It is a trying time. It's sad. I said today when I heard about all the things that Keisha had to go through, Dr. Leatherberry, and that state that she's in right now. Whatever the circumstances that Yahweh has for Dr. Leatherberry, I know this to be true, that Yahweh got her. <laughs> that last lecture that I heard her on the Saginaw Branches Zoom class and the reverence that Keisha showed, the strength that she possessed in her in her voice was real. 
You see, at the end of the day, for someone in all the years that I've known Keisha, she never complained. See, she never complained about that affliction that Yahweh placed on that body. She never, right. she never complained about it. If you ever listen to her testimonies, she always talked about the resurrection of Yahweh. That's all she ever talked about. She never, whoa, why is me Yahweh? Why did you do this to me? What did I do to deserve? See, that's what normal people would do who don't have Yahshua and Messiah. Yahweh gave her strength. We've seen it. We've seen it in, in Betty. We saw it in Carol. We've seen it in various others. That's right. Who were afflicted with this stuff. And, they, and Yahweh just kept them and gave them strength beyond strength. Things you would say that the average person would just be like, Yahweh, take me now. But they had strength and faith that Yahweh will resurrect them. And even though they may not be here physically, he still resurrected them. Mm -hmm. he, they are in him. They are at peace. There is no more pain. We here still suffering, dealing with crazy people at, out at the supermarket or at your job or, you know, uh, just your day-to-day -day things that you got to deal with and bills and woes and your own personal elements and body aches and whatever else that's going on in your mind. We got to deal with that. Don't... <laughs> Don't you see, folks? This is not the final destination. This is all we know because it's all we know. Our thoughts are his thoughts. We can't phantom what waits and lies for us. That is the that is the strength. That is the peace that I have to keep reminding myself that Yahweh, thanks be Yahweh, allows me to remember that. That when it's all said and done, the ultimate goal is to be with Yahshua Messiah. And he has promised us that. I don't have much else to say, I'm sorry. Um, I've been full all day. I could not stop crying. I was at work crying. And just, just so full, just overwhelmed by the loss. But I know that there is going to be a resurrection always we're going to go through this death this burial this resurrection we know it is going to happen and that's what i look forward to the sorrow will fade and there will be nothing but joy left and that's what i look forward to that's what i know that yahweh will provide i have faith in yahshua so i'm going to stand still and i'm going to watch yahshua move that's all i can do i i ask the brethren to just Trust in Yahshua. He knows what he's doing. We may not always understand. We try to force, we try to force things to be the way that we want them to be. You know, sometimes in our lives, I know I'm guilty of that. You know, we think we're supposed to be in certain places. Do we're supposed to be at a certain point in our life? Maybe physically, we feel like we're supposed to be a certain place spiritually. You know. And comparing ourselves to others around this world in it, or in class. Stop. Y'all had to tell me, you know, stop trying to force blessings that ain't for you. <laughs> you try to make something fit into a hole that's not, that may not be for you. That may not be what Yahweh has in store. Stop and think about what you already have. Look at what's around you. I'm telling you, all this other stuff, all this mundane things and personalities and it's not, it doesn't matter. Right. At the end of the day, that stuff don't matter. It's no fruit in it. 
It's that negative spirit trying to keep your mind off of Yashun Messiah. That's all it is, mass distraction. I'm thinking about this, that, and the other. Next thing you look up, class over. You know, that's what he does. Mass distraction. Keep your focus off of Yahshua. You stay firm in this gospel. Yahweh has made you an advocate. He has made you a son. And that was promised. And nobody or nothing can take that away from you. And you hold on to that because the world don't have it, folks. They are drowning out there. People flaring left and right. COVID going, you think that's going to Listen, even if it did go away, something else will come in its place. These are the beginning of the sorrows. We just seen it. The sons who are take off this has already taken off this flesh, they the lucky ones. Y'all remember that. My mom and I were talking earlier today, and she was talking about how, you know, there's a scripture talking about, or I don't know if it's a scripture or a lecture of Dr. Kelly saying, you know, how we be begging people on Yahshua to take this out by the end of the time. We're going to be begging for it. And that's where, that's where Yahweh has to give you strength. You have to stand still because you can't do it on your own. You are no match for that adversary. And I'm so grateful and so grateful and thankful that Yahshua is my adversary, that he winks at my ignorance and that he keeps me. Throw me every which way, Yahshua, don't let go. That's my only prayer. Don't let me go. Keep me stable. Keep me firm. Make you first. Don't let me forget. Don't turn me away. I say I love all you guys, and I'm happy to be here. And I say hallelujah with that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for our next speaker, happy to call on Dr. Rhonda Brazil. Good evening. I'm sorry. Hold on. Can everyone hear me now? Yes. Okay. Good evening, everyone. I have enjoyed hearing the remarks of the previous vessels, what Yahweh has placed on their heart to convey about being grateful for what Yahweh has shared with us, which is and is a tremendous, stupendous divine vision and revelation that has liberated us from the ecclesiastical bondage that has manifested itself in the world through the operation of the mystery of iniquity. And we, um, we wanna be very clear there, the salvation of Yahweh is to save us from the wrath of Yahweh that is manifested against all impiety and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. And we were once those people that held the truth and the righteousness. But now understanding what Yahweh has done and what his purpose is, and that is to gather all 
things in heaven and in earth back We are returning from where we came. We came from spirit and we are returning back to spirit. And Yahweh demonstrated that in the operation of his divine pattern, his own operation of coming out of your spirit into shape and form, into physical form, returning to that superincorporeal shape and form and back into pure spirit. And he made that operation in the tabernacle with the high priest traveling from the most holy place through the holy place into the court roundabout and returning through the holy place back into the most holy place. He manifested that with the migratory track. He manifested that with every event. The migratory track, they started in Canaan land. Yahweh said they must go down into land they know not of, the evil entreated, but I will bring them out with a mighty hand. And I understand that the scripture lesson was Genesis, the 39th chapter. I don't know how much time I have because I don't know, I don't have any access to time. So 22 minutes, Wanda. Okay. So that um, scripture lesson um, pertained to um, the beginnings of that migratory track in the track of the children of Israel into Egypt and coming back because you go through um, Joseph in the uh, 40th chapters, 40 through 45, I think, talking about Joseph and his brothers and the track of Joseph down into uh, Egypt and coming back up out of the land of Egypt. And he said to them, he told his brethren, do not leave my bones in Egypt, but take me back where I came. So Yahweh is always manifesting and has manifested throughout the ages and dispensations this round trip or this journey back to our origins and that is in spirit. That's where we come from and that's where we're returning. And one of the things that's profound, I believe Yahweh is making us all more and more aware of, is that you have already been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. It does not yet appear that that's where we are all standing, who are in Yahshua the Messiah. You are in the kingdom now. You are in the spiritual kingdom right now. That's in our Ages and dispensation chart. Those things that are written in this present kingdom age are reality right now. They are not a future event. That they are a current realization. And that is what Yahweh is making us all aware of. This is the spiritual kingdom on earth. The spiritual assembly, body of Yahshua. That's where we are in that spiritual assembly, in that spiritual kingdom. 
with the Holy Spirit through faith, not works. Pentecost is still going on. Yahweh is still grafting those into the body when they are recipients of the Holy Spirit. That's still happening. That has not ended. The spirit law that operates within us now to will and to do as Yahweh has commanded. What are the commandments that Yahweh has given in this age? That you and I must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what he said. The hour cometh and now is where the true worshipers must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That is the only way that you are going to be in harmony with Yahweh's purpose for righteousness. Is that you understand that he is that divine spirit. And you understand the truth about Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah as the scriptures have said. Believe on him as the scriptures have said. That you love the brethren. That is one of the commandments in this age. That you love the brethren. And that you continue in the things in which you have been taught from the beginning of, of Yahweh preaching in this age, Yahshua Messiah and the remission of sins through Yahshua Messiah and his sacrifice. I was pondering this earlier this evening about what Yahweh will have me to do, right? And he's told me that you try to understand as much as you can and then you try to help somebody else understand too. So that's our first aim in this teaching, to help you find and know Yahweh as he really is and as he actually exists. So um, that's a long two minutes. You said I had two minutes. So no, you had, you, had, you had 22 minutes, 22 minutes. Uh, you didn't say no 20. I did. <laughs> well, <laughs> you had <That's> what? <laughs> you go. All right. I wanted to get the scripture lesson, Genesis 39th chapter. I wanted to read it again. That's Genesis 39 and 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, chief of the executioners, an Egyptian bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And Yahweh was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that Yahweh was with him, and that Yahweh made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Mm -hmm. And Joseph found grace in his and Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, mm -hmm. and all that he had he put into his hand. Now Yahweh, I'm sorry, Brandon. No uh, or Dr. Greg, I'm sorry. Um now Yahweh, he made Joseph to have favor in the eyesight of Pharaoh 
Potiphar. And as it's laid out in the Elohim book, this was the preparation that Yahweh made to fulfill the promise that he made to Abraham. This is what he had happening. And I was um, rereading the letter that Dr. Gross wrote to Time Magazine to contend about the Roman Catholic Church calling themselves Peter and uh, claiming the authority of the church from the apostle Peter, whom they claim the Messiah made head of the church and uh, built the church upon. They're talking about that physical building to the Vatican itself. You know, they talk about that building. <laughs> it's, it's something. And they say it's literally built on the bowls of Peter. It's just a kind of mind. And it's a horrible thing. And so I was reading that letter. And if you have a chance to reread that letter and the points that were made in that letter that were um, revealed in this vision, the absolute precision by which Yahweh caused Peter to fulfill the scriptures and the events that fulfilled the scriptures in Yahweh's purpose, as he called Peter, Peter bar Jonah or Peter, son of Jonah, and the things that happened to Jonah repeated themselves in Peter. And the detail and the precision by which Yahweh did that. We are talking about an Elohim that doesn't do anything by happenstance or it just happened to turn out that way or um, he didn't know it was going to happen that way, or um, he didn't make it to happen that way. And this is not the Elohim you're dealing with. You're dealing with the Elohim that operates with absolute precision. You talk about every jot and every tittle being fulfilled. That's right. So you're seeing in this story of Joseph, it's not a story. It's a vet that it's an event that Yahweh meticulously orchestrated, mm-hmm. bringing Joseph down into Egypt, giving Joseph the favor with the Pharaoh for the Pharaoh to make Joseph basically ruler in the land, second only to Pharaoh. So that Joseph could do and put in place those things that would forward Yahweh's purpose when he brought Joseph's brother down into Egypt. Remember, Joseph was the one who interpreted that dream and made the Pharaoh 
to store up the corn for the seven good years. Mm -hmm. This was meticulously orchestrated mm -hmm. to bring Egypt and Pharaoh to the point of the power that they had to be for Yahweh to work his purpose when the Pharaoh that knew not Joseph rose up and enslaved the children of Israel, for Moses to come down there with that name, Yahweh said to him, in very deed, for this cause I have raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee. And before that time, Yahweh's name was not declared in the earth. Yahweh meticulously orchestrated these things. And when you realize that, and you understand for real what Elohim you are dealing with, everything is in meticulous order. There's no mistake with Yahweh. Oh, it shouldn't have happened that way. No, you are operating, everyone is operating to play a role and a part of this purpose of Yahweh. Every one of us, whether that is in the mystery of righteousness or in the mystery of iniquity, because you're operating one or the other. And Yahweh's making all of it to work together to its designed conclusion. When you truly get that, that truly brings you immense peace. That nothing is out of control. I was thinking about this because it's been a year since we lost my dad. And I was telling one of the brethren, actually I was telling Dr. Carl Leatherberry about when Yahweh took my dad. And I can look back and say to Yahweh, thank you so much for your mercy. Now, there are people, there's nobody in the world, in this world, who can think like that, That's except right. the sons of Yahweh. We are the only ones that can think like that. And I had, I think about this, because I had, see, people are watching you. You've said the name Yahweh out of your mouth. They're watching you. You don't even realize people are watching you. But someone was watching me, how I handled my grief. And they asked me, how are you, how did you handle that? How are you dealing with that? My loved one is having a hard time dealing with their father's passing. And I was able to tell that person 
what Yahweh showed me and gave me to understand that he does not make mistakes. That day was set. All of us have that day and we will not miss the appointment. We will not be late. We have that day. And what Yahweh shared with me before my dad died was a memory of a class member who told me about her son, her only child's death by accident, I believe it was a car accident that killed him. I was her only son. And you couldn't imagine having to endure the death of your child. It's amazing. Your only child too. And she was in this teaching. She was relatively new and she was going to a convention and they were going to introduce her to Dr. Kinley. She had met him before that. She heard about him, but she had met him before then. She met Dr. Kinley and she told him everything of the burden of the grief that she was under, that she had been enduring. And Dr. Kinley said to her, daughter, now you just keep coming to class. And one day you'll see the beauty, even in death. And I remember her relating to us this experience. And she said, she looked at that man like he was crazy. What do you mean the beauty and death? What are you talking about? We, humans don't think like that. Yahweh said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. She said, but she came to understand. And when Yahweh gave me that memory, this was before my dad died. He made me to understand why he said that to her. See, we have been on a journey. We are on a journey. This is not where we're from. We are continuing to return to where we're from. This is not, what you're, this is not where you're from. This is not your home. This is not where you belong. And that's why you feel so out of place. That's why you can't find any comfort dwelling here. Because this is where you're from. So when he showed me that death in that tabernacle, the first step is the gate. The second step is that altar of sacrifice. That's the first thing you're coming to when you come into that tabernacle. After the opening, you're hitting that sacrifice or that principle of death. That is the second step or the first part of the process. The process is death, burial, resurrection. Anything dies, it all dies, but the power is in the resurrection. Yahweh is the only power to resurrect. Nothing else can resurrect. 
So he's that power, which we see, and I acknowledge your five-minute bell. We see that in this season of the year, the spring season of the year, and the power of the resurrection. I witnessed that in my own garden that I had neglected for an entire year due to COVID. And things that I had left out there in pots were coming back. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is amazing. That's the resurrection. So that's what my father experienced when he departed this existence. This, this, this is not, this is the, this is the second step. You got seven in that tabernacle. And the death is the first of the process, death, burial, resurrection. That's the beauty of it. You're on your way now. You got to die to go to heaven. That's what I told um, my friend. I said, he can't, he can't go to heaven until he dies. Flesh and blood don't inherit the kingdom. You can't get there unless you leave here. That's the beauty in it. You're on your way. And we have to die psychologically and spiritually from this carnal existence. This is not where you're from. We have to be washed and cleansed of all that carnality and thinking there's so much to this life. This isn't it. This is not the reality. And that tabernacle shows that as well. Those vessels in the court roundabout that were exposed and seen by everybody was not the real thing. That was highly polished brass. It's not the reality. That's what it's showing you about this earth plane and the meticulous manner in which that high priest had to operate. It's the same meticulous manner that Yahweh orchestrated these ages and dispensations and the events in them. And when you understand that, then you know that Yahweh has everything under control. It wasn't a mistake. My dad did not experience this COVID-19 lockdown, which would have made him an invalid in the bed. Our activity was going to class and class was shut down. The home healthcare worker could not be in the house anymore. Would have left that burden to my mom and us. And he didn't allow my dad or us to suffer that. And that was amazingly merciful. Freed him just in time. So I think about that too. Think about when my parent, grandparents left. When they left, was right on time. Because what came after, they may not have been able to endure in this flesh. Something. Yahweh does not make mistakes. But with that, that gives peace. The knowledge of Yahweh's purpose gives peace. So learn all you can and try to help somebody else understand. I hope you got something out of that. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Brazil. And this brings an end to this evening's class. We would like to thank all of our speakers, visiting brethren, and all of the participants for joining us this evening. We hope that everyone was edified and asked that you come back and study with us. We hold classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 630 to 8.30 p.m. and on Sundays from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. 
We will now have doxology taken from the last two verses in the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah.